You're listening to the Knowing Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Linnell Peters, and it's an honor to walk alongside you in motherhood, whether the journey is just beginning or you're right in the thick of it. I believe that your worth as a mother is not based on your performance and that your greatest strength is the love that you have for your children, whether they're in your arms or only in your heart. My prayer is that this little corner of the podcast world will leave you feeling more equipped, more hopeful, and less alone than when you arrived. Hello, Knowing Motherhood friends. You are listening to episode 36 of the Knowing Motherhood podcast, and I am so thankful to be back with you here today. It's been another long break in between episodes, and sometimes I find it difficult to be consistent. Um, But I also know that... um, As a podcast that's not committed to sponsorship contracts currently, I do have the flexibility at this time to produce content as it suits um, our family and the other callings that I have during this season of life, which includes our home life, my my children and husband, obviously my health, um, some of my health struggles have taken up a bit of extra time over the last little while, Um, our friendships, church commitments, and volunteer positions, they, they all take up so much of my time and while knowing motherhood truly has a special place in my heart, as you know, it's the, the thing that I've had to surrender again and again to the Lord as I navigate stewarding the time that I have on this earth well. Um, I pray that you are also pursuing God's best for you in your life as well. We get into trouble, I think, when we believe that we know what's best and when we take on too much. This is definitely something that in the past at different times I have made the mistake of believing and there's always a cost. There's always a cost and so it's my desire to listen to the Holy Spirit and to give my best where I feel called to do so. Um, But again, this is just a place that I look forward to being every single month, no matter how many episodes we're able to produce. So let's talk about my guest today. I have Tara Sun joining me. She is the host of the Truth Talks with Tara podcast, and she's the author of the new book, Surrender Your Story. In it, she shares about her journey of a chronic illness diagnosis that she received in her teens, um, dropping out of college and having a baby much earlier than she thought she would. And she shares a lot about this with us today. She and I discuss what it means to trust God and to trade in our need to control our lives for real joy, the joy that only God can provide to us when we seek Him and trust Him with our whole life. I love Tara's willingness to share what she's learning as a young wife and mom and the way that she's striving to be teachable in her journey. She has beautiful wisdom to share with us today on learning to let go and trust God. So let's jump right in. Here is my conversation with Tara Sun. Tara, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I'm so excited to talk with you. Thank you so much, Linnell. I'm honored and I've been looking forward to this. So I cannot wait to see what God does through our conversation today. Absolutely. Me too. And um, I just want to say congratulations. You have a new book out. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? 
Yes, yes. So about when we're recording, it's two weeks, but um, ever since March 7th, my first book, Surrender Your Story, um, subtitled Ditch the Myth of Control and Discover Freedom in Trusting God, is out in the world. And yeah, this was um, an interesting season, but totally God's timing of bringing this book into the world because not only did I turn in my first book book, I also six days later had my first baby baby, like book baby and baby baby, like within, wow. the, within the same week. And so it's a really cool testimony of God's goodness and his timing and this book was just to give you just the quick little rundown was not only just born out of my own struggle of control and distrust in God's timing of my life, but also just noticing a human problem and noticing that we all struggle to trust God and we all really have desires for our lives. And it's really hard to let go of control of our lives and instead surrender. And so this book really is just a call to help all of us really find the freedom and letting go and letting God and learning that surrender is actually what Jesus calls our like us as disciples to do and how it's freeing us from the burdens of trying to have it all together. And so um, that's just a quick little um, synopsis of what Surrender Your Story is about. And that's so exciting because I think it's so relatable for so many of us. Mm -hmm. This is a struggle that I think so many um, women in general um, struggle with is is just we have this need for control and I'm so excited to talk to you today about what your story has looked like and what God has walked you through. Now you just said that you had your first baby. So how old is your little one? He is just over a year because fun fact um, on book launch day March 7th he also turned one. So it was like such a beautiful week and it was kind of funny how God <laughs> laid the timing out but he is just uh, yeah he's a year a year and a couple weeks. Oh, man. Congratulations. Thank My you. goodness. What is that Thank first you. year with your little your little boy, right? Little boy? Mm-hmm. Yep. What's your, what was your first year like with him as a, mom, a new mom? It was the best. It also just flew like crazy. Like everyone mm. told me that, right? Like they're like the first year, especially like even my parents, you know, I'm 24. My parents are like, I just feel like that was yesterday. So I feel uh. like it, just everything as parents and being a mom just flies by really quick. But that first year just went so fast because there's so many different stages. And I know he was my first child too. So that's also just the newness of that season um, that yes. just made everything so just, it just flew. It was such a joy though, getting to learn um, what it looks like to be his mom and a new routine change, which God has taught me a lot about surrender and control through <laughs> being a mom and just realizing my time's not my own. But um, Hunter, my son, is such a sweet boy. He is hilarious. He is um, all boy already. And um, he is just so sweet. So we've been having lots and lots of fun with his easygoing spirit. And mm. um, it's just been the best year. And my husband and I... Um, we actually got pregnant a lot sooner than we had planned and thought. Um, but looking back, we're like, we're just so glad it went this way because mm. this last year has brought so much joy, so much joy. Yeah, that's so exciting. I'm so happy for you guys. Thank you. So, so take us back a little bit um, farther before getting pregnant. And um, 
if just for those who don't know who you are and what mm-hmm. you do, can you just share a little bit about um, yourself, your history, and kind of what some of your current blessings in life are and what you're staying busy with? Obviously, you've just <laughs> launched a book baby into the world and you've been a mom for the past year, but what else is kind of some, some things that people would love to know about you? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. I always have to think about this one. Why is it always the hardest question to answer? Um, mm. But yeah, so yeah, my name is Tara. Um, I go by Tara Sun, which actually Sun is my middle name, fun fact. Um, but basically um, adopted, but born and raised in Oregon. And I had all these plans for my life to go into the medical field. But here I am now, years later, um, have my own podcast called Truth Talks with Tara. I wrote a book, um, get to help women on Instagram and other avenues just help them know, love, and live God's Word. So these three things through um, just writing, through a weekly podcast and ministering to people and using the outlet of social media, which is incredible. And it's really funny that this is how my life turned out to be. Um, But yeah, I get to work from home. I get to be a mom. It's incredible and a blessing to be able to do both. My husband Mm. and I, um, we met in high school and have been high school sweethearts. Um, Started dating when we were 17, got married when we were 22, I think. Yeah, engaged at 21, married at 22, and become parents. Um, So that's a little bit about our personal life. Um, We love getting to love and serve the Lord here in Oregon, around our people. Um, But that's just a little bit about me and um, what I kind of do day to day. I think as far as just blessings, um, I've just been so aware of the blessing of what what it means to rest. And I think going through this season, being so busy with a book launch and also being a mom and wanting to prioritize that ministry first and foremost, um, what a blessing it is to kind of slow down and um, really push myself to slow down because I need that and because I need to remember um, that the Lord is the one who strengthens me and the Lord is the one who empowers me to do the work. And so just finding those pockets of rest, which I know as a mom, whatever you do, no matter if you're a mom, it's hard to rest. And so I've been really leaning into that Um just the past couple of weeks at least. And um, yeah, that's where I'm finding um, just blessings and joy lately. Mm. It is so hard to find rest times when you're yeah. a mom. And and especially when you're a mom with a pursuit of something like, you know, launching a book into the world. And, yeah, yeah. And, and so it's a unique combination, right? And right. Every, every woman faces different challenges in motherhood, right? Some are needing to work to support their families and they'd rather be at home. And yeah. so, you know, and, and what you have on your plate is a different kind of balancing. Right. And, um, you know, the big question I think that a lot of moms we ask each other and ourselves is how do we achieve balance? And, um, you know, if you could share one thing about that, I'm kind of throwing this at you, which I tend to do. It's okay. (laughs) Where, Where would you say, yeah, where would you say you've learned balance? Even though we know it's not 100% achievable, and that, like yeah. you said, we're always relying on God's grace mm-hmm. to manage the things that we've been given or we feel called to. But what are yeah. some of the little secrets or the little things you've learned in being a mom over the last year and, and balancing the things that you're passionate about in addition yeah. to being a mom? I love that. And I am so new to this motherhood thing, but it's really cool already what God is teaching me and what I get to learn from other moms too, you know, along along this journey. Because I feel like more than ever, there are moms that have passions and whether, you know, you're mainly a stay-at-home mom and wife, there are 
there are multifaceted, like we have multifaceted lives and we mm-hmm. can work from home and, and still enjoy our passions while also taking care of our kids and our homes and things like that. And so what I've actually been learning, Linnell, is that although it may feel like a balance, it's more just a, it's more a thing of priorities. It's more mm-hmm. a thing of just keeping what's first first. So for me, that's obviously my relationship with the Lord. And then it's my husband and my child. Mm-hmm. I've just had to realize that because I do this, because I, you know, am launching a book and writing and podcasting, because I do these other things that the Lord has also called me to, it doesn't mean that I don't prioritize my son and my husband and our home. So I've had to learn that Setting aside dedicated days when I have help with my with my son, which I know not everyone has, but for me that looks like when I have help, when I have free moments to be able to spend that time doing this. And then when I have my son with me, which I have him a lot of the time, but then I'm fully in with him and not feeling the guilt of, you know, having today where I have six hours without him and I'm able to crank things out and then I'm able to be with him. Yes. I think having, I think just having more of just like a heart posture of realizing that like not letting the enemy guilt you into thinking that because you have other ministries in your life that you're still not keeping those first, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think just also giving yourself grace in that way and just prioritizing that because in, in our hearts, um, just setting up what's most important because then I really believe that will also flow into that. So that's a little bit of what I've learned. I know it's kind of ambiguous um, and that looks different for everyone else, but that's what I'm learning. Priorities and not necessarily this scale of keeping everything balanced because it shouldn't be like my family's most important, um, but I can still do this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's incredible listening to you that you have figured this out in one year of being a mother. Because I, for me, I can attest to making the mistake of being far too distracted when I would come back from a way that I was like a small business owner for many years. Right. Um, from home. But, and I, but I had minimal care and I wanted it all. So it was like I wanted to be able to be full-time with my kids, not be reliant on anyone for childcare, but I still wanted to do these other things. Mm. And I have many regrets regrets looking back on those times because um, I did find it very hard, not not in every season, but many, to separate myself from what I was doing in my yeah. online work. And so yeah. it would have been so much wiser for me to do what you seem to have figured out, and that is to have the help, but then be fully, know that you need to be fully present when you are there. And I think that that's one of the secrets. So I'm sure glad that you have that in your toolbox because it is a really difficult balance. And um, it's something I certainly know now. But yeah, good yeah. for you. Well, I'm Very still exciting. I'm still definitely learning and it's not yeah. easy and I have a tendency just to go, go, go. Um, but I do have to remember too, another thing is that like my son even at a young age of one is watching. And so I just, mm-hmm. I have to remember that. Like I don't want to be on my phone all the time when I'm around him. Sometimes Absolutely. I do have to be because I do mm-hmm. want him to see what I'm doing. I want him to see the reality of that growing yeah. up too. 
But I don't know, just thinking of it that way. And again, everyone's so different in their in their lives and um, my situation's super different than yours or the next person's. But um, just gleaning on that help and being okay with that and realizing that asking for help doesn't mean that you're you're still not your child's primary, you know? Yeah, um, I've, I, still, I still have that mom guilt, let me tell you. I still do. <laughs> well, I think it's because we sometimes come into motherhood thinking a certain way about motherhood and we have preconceived ideas about what it should look like, maybe right. based on what our moms did. And, yeah. you know, or what we see the other moms that are a few steps ahead of us doing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that comparison can be helpful sometimes, but it's not always helpful. And we do still need to remember that what God has called us to is what he's called us to. And that willingness to let go when he's calling us to let go, which is yeah. probably the hardest thing, right? Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about that. I mean, this is a motherhood-focused podcast, Knowing Motherhood is a Ministry to Moms, and so it's so great to hear from every guest just a little bit more about like what their their motherhood journey looks like. And, yeah. But let's, let's move back even farther again and I talk a little bit about a really difficult time and a difficult diagnosis that you faced um, in your life and, and what that looked like for you and where you were at it, at that time in your life with yeah. the Lord and, and just in that, um, some of the things that were kind of going on for you when you received that diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what Linnell is talking about for those listening is when I was 14, I was diagnosed out of the blue with fibromyalgia, which is really weird for someone so young. Usually it happens mm. to people later in life, um, but it can happen and it clearly happened to me. And um, so that diagnosis shook a lot of things and changed a lot of things because up until that point, I had grown up in a Christian home, really solid Christian home very thankful for it but because of that because of just how easy life was it sounds weird but I didn't have a lot of opportunity or I didn't have a lot of reasons I didn't see a lot of reasons to trust God like life was really easy I wasn't sick I you know I was very athletic I had a lot of friends like grades and school were easy so there wasn't like major things I had to walk through with the Lord until this happened. And so I was really confronted with the reality that I wasn't in control because I had all these ideas of what life would look like. And I started to realize that, okay, school was going to change. I actually had to leave my first year of high school because I couldn't get out of bed. And so a lot of things changed and I'm like, okay, this is going to affect everything. And so that diagnosis really brought me to a place of, Realizing how much I just didn't trust God and realizing that I just started getting really mad at him for allowing this in in my life. And I know we've all been there and will be there. We have circumstances that cause us to question the goodness of God. And that really kind of started my journey of realizing that I had this death grip. I had this white knuckle death grip on my life. And God took me through so many twists and turns that he was using ultimately to show me that I needed to surrender. But I got to tell you, it wasn't overnight and it wasn't easy. It also led me to a lot of things like I actually ended up dropping out of college like four weeks in because God told me literally the only time I have ever heard the audible voice of God tell me that I wasn't supposed to be there. And so all of these things that I thought were, there were good things. There are good things, a part of a part of my plan for my life, but God clearly had something different. And so still struggling through that illness, I was confronted with, okay, I guess life is not going the way I thought. So I need to, I need to follow what God has for me. It wasn't a linear journey. Um, but that's really a lot of what God taught me in those seasons. 
you know, I think that when we face any kind of trial like that, and we're at that crossroads of do I trust God or not, Mm -hmm. it is such a pivotal moment because this is where a lot of people will decide to to walk away or even not to walk away maybe from their faith in God, but to choose a different way to cope with the things that they just don't understand. Right. And it's so difficult sometimes for us to trust God, even though he proves again and again that he is trustworthy. Yeah. Why do you think it's so hard for us? You know, I, what I've learned at least personally and also what I've talked to other people about and also seen in God's word through the examples of people who have gone before us is it's really hard to trust God because we think we know better for our lives. And I don't Mm. say that to condemn anyone because I'm right there. I have been there. And especially when you have a good plan, say maybe your good plan is to, um, I don't know, just 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 think of something good like for me that was I had a good plan of going to going to school becoming educated like in the medical field that's a good desire it's nothing sinful about that um but when God changes that it's really hard to trust him when things don't go according to our plan it's really Mm -hmm. hard to trust him because when we trust God it's a surrender to what it's giving up what we want in exchange for what he wants and our selfish tendencies the security that we feel like we have in ourselves it's really hard to let go because letting go when you think about maybe letting go of a steering wheel it's like no that means that I'm going to crash I'm going to hit a wall I'm going to you know I'm going to just spiral out of control but the right. crazy thing in Jesus is that when we surrender like Luke 9:23 says when we actually release our personal control meaning when we deny ourselves like he said in Luke 9 that's actually when we find the freedom and the purpose and the plans we've been searching for because I think control is a it's a way for us to to feel safe. It's a way for us to um, align our lives in the way that we feel like we're going to find purpose. Mm-hmm. But actually, Jesus says it's an upside down kingdom where I'm coming to maybe tell you something that's hard, like surrender and let go. Mm-hmm. But I actually mm-hmm. came to make the kingdom right side up and to fulfill the law, right? Yeah. Yes, it's so true. But even if we go way back to the beginning, Adam and Eve simply were coerced and convinced by the enemy, by Satan, that God was withholding something from them. Yeah. And that they needed to take control and take more. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I mean, from the beginning, the enemy has been after us in this way to try and convince us that God is not trustworthy. How yeah. can we break free from this? Yeah. It's a great question because I don't think we realize that we're keeping ourselves in chains. We're keeping ourselves from um, experience fullness in Christ when we control our lives. Because control, again, like I said, control feels like like we're safe. And control feels like I am in this, you know, I'm in the driver's seat. I have everything, you know, the way I want it. But it's actually keeping us and it's hindering us from that full connection in Christ. Because, again, Jesus says that he came that we may have life abundant, this full abundant life in John 10, 10. But when we control personally and hold our lives with this white knuckle death grip, we're actually like we're holding ourselves back from God's possibilities. Because Mm -hmm. when we're going after what we want and living selfishly and looking at our control, we're not opening ourselves up to what God has. Because we have to come 
It's this realization. I had to come to this myself too, that literally who we were created for and by and through was Jesus. Romans eleven thirty six mm-hmm. says, for from him and to him and through him are all things. So our origin is through God and because of God. So that just stands to reason that our lives are for God. So if we're living for ourselves, we are keeping ourselves in bondage. We want purpose. We want fulfillment. We want all of these things when we control. But actually, it's when we let go and we release ourselves from the expectations to be at all because we weren't created to be at all. Hmm. Yes. Yes. I love in Psalm 119, um, the psalmist refers in uh, – to the statutes, to the promises, and the commands of the Lord's as righteous um, in verse 138 and says that they are fully trustworthy. Mm. And again and again, we're reminded of this in the scriptures, and we are told and reminded that, like by people that know the faithfulness of God. And yet mm-hmm. it's so easy for us to forget. Right. How did... Why in curtain culture, you know, there are a lot of lies and beliefs and ideologies. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that before that we hear that are really harming our ability to trust God. Yeah. And can you speak to some of those things and, and how do we how do we recognize those things mm-hmm. and speak truth to those things? I love that you mentioned that, Linnell, that we have to speak truth to it because like you said even earlier when we started this conversation, that even the most devoted Christian, even the one who has followed the Lord for a long time, like the world, the enemy, it's he's crafty and he will mm-hmm. say things that might sound like it should be in the Bible or it might sound good, but it, we got to be discerning and we got to hold it up to truth. And so some of those popular things that I've even heard, um, I was scrolling through Instagram um, months ago, actually maybe even a year ago, and there was this Instagram reel that had over a million views on it so people were liking it and um the lady said you are the author and the creator of your destiny Mm. and so many people love that and i i in a way i get it because when we hear that it makes us feel good again that empowered yeah empowered it makes us feel it gives us that sense of control that yeah i am like i am strong i am powerful i am Mm -hmm. all these things we also hear the ones like you are enough which there's some truth to that Christ makes us enough, but on Mm -hmm. our own, right? Paul says in 2 Corinthians that our sufficiency comes from Christ. It's not from ourselves. So there's some truth to it, but we need, like you said, to preach that truth back to our souls. And then another popular thing that, you know, the world will tell us, other people will say that has, this one has gotten me in a lot of trouble personally, is that you don't need any help, that you don't need to rest, that um, you just need to hustle harder and strive more and girl boss it more. And mm. that one has harmed me a lot um, in a lot of ways. And even as a yeah. mom, because I'm under this false belief that I don't need any help, that I have you know, enough within myself. I'm organized enough. I am all of these things when actually that points to a problem of me feeling like I am independent apart from God when I actually need to realize the truth of what John 15 says is that no fruit that I want to bear in my life is going to be fruitful if I don't abide in the vine. So those are just some of the biggest lies we hear that I have fallen victim to often. (laughs) Mm. And it's a process, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's not, not just like a one-time thing where we speak truth. That's why knowing God's word is so important yeah. for the believer. It is so important. If we don't know his word, if we don't know what he says to be true, how can we speak truth to mm-hmm. the lies that we encounter? Yeah. 
So fibromyalgia is no no easy thing to be diagnosed with, especially when you're 14 years old. Yeah. And so share with us a little bit, if you don't mind, what that process looked like, maybe a little more in-depthly as you started, as you struggled, and then you kind of found a place of surrender mm-hmm. and, and how the Lord kind of worked in your life in those later teen years, because those are formative years. Absolutely. Really formative years. And to be dealing with chronic illness, that is a really tough place to be. Yeah. Well, two things come to mind. Um, the first thing is that, you know, you know, you touched on the formative years. And one of the biggest things that God taught me through that was that I needed to make my faith personal, that I needed to make it my own. Because my parents' faith, my pastor's faith, whoever's faith was not going to sustain me through how difficult fibromyalgia was in that in that struggle. And so for the first time in my life, like I had read God's word a lot. Hey, you know, again, I grew up in the church. I knew a lot in, in my head, but taking that to a personal knowledge and actually getting to know God was something that I was really challenged with in that. And then another thing through that process of fibromyalgia and navigating that as the years went by, I'm so thankful for um, modern medicine and all the things, physical therapy, everything that we did. And by the grace of God today, I feel so much better. I'm not healed of it, but I feel exponentially better. But Hmm. through that, the Lord taught me how to depend on him. Because like I said, control was something that was hindering my relationship with God because it kept me from true intimacy. It kept me from recognizing my need for God's will and his way over my own. And so through that process, through the literal physical um, weakness and the deficiency I had, He also showed me a spiritual reality that I am also spiritually deficient and weak without him and that my neediness is not a bad thing. And those listening, if you have a physical struggle or an emotional, spiritual, mental, whatever that looks like for you, that you got to stop listening to the world saying that your neediness is weakness because Jesus said that's a perfect place for his strength to come through. Again, I, I keep quoting, you know, the New Testament and Paul, but literally God's grace abounds and God's strength abounds in our neediness. And so mm-hmm. those are just the t- two of the greatest things that he really taught me through that process. And um, I'm so thankful that he did because without really like bringing me through the lowest of valleys, I think I probably still would have had that, you know, tighter death grip on control. Yeah. And it's so easy for us to to try to regain that control. Yeah. And have you found in the years since, you know, you really did surrender and, and make this relationship with God personal, have you found that there have been seasons where you've really tried to grab that control back? Again, oh, yeah. it's, it's just an ongoing journey, yeah. of course. We both know that. But have you found that, that there's always been like a new lesson to be learned, that God is always just drawing you back to himself? Yes, absolutely. So many instances, just like my college experience, um, even just dating my husband, being impatient in that, and you know, just wanting to get married. And um, even just when, you know, when, when we got pregnant sooner than we thought, there's all these circumstances that I realized like my reaction was to quickly jump to be like, how can I fix this? Right. Instead of like, okay, Lord, 
clearly something different is happening here. So how can I pivot um, with you? I think this is this might be random and, and off course, but something I've been learning and something that we talk a little bit about in Surrender Your Story as well is the expectations that we have for our lives. Because I think there's a great you know, there's one side of just expecting the greatness and goodness of the Lord and his promises because we can expect that when he says something, he will fulfill. But when we have our personal expectations of like, I expect, you know, to have kids at this age, I expect to this or that, Mm -hmm. like whatever your expectation is, not necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes our expectations can really, really damage us because when something doesn't go the way we expected or planned, um, how we respond is a really good indicator of how much we trust the Lord or how Mm -hmm. much we don't. Because I was was expecting a lot of things in my life. And, um, you know, like you said, when you know this process of surrender i think a really good check is every day we have to take our expectations and we have to lay them down at jesus's feet meaning go about your day with your plans and your expectations but have them open-handed meaning like this is kind of what i'm thinking and planning but if god reroutes me if it redirects me then i am going to flow with that too like if that mm. makes sense um because expectations are a good thing um but they need to be yielded first to the lord yeah you know, I was just thinking as you're talking and sharing there about our small town that we are in um, has a really big mill that has sustained uh, like a third of our town's income for many, many, many years. Wow. And recently, um, it was announced that they are going to be closing next month, wow. devastating so many people very close to us. And while it doesn't impact us directly, it impacts so many of the families and the friends and family members that we love so dearly here. Mm -hmm. And they are all facing this. They are facing this having to surrender. Like some of them have worked so hard to build up very successful businesses in in the forestry industry that were they were hoping would sustain their kids and the kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and and other families that have you know, have just taken so much joy in being able to be a part that this is their livelihood, but this is also just a way of life. And yeah, it's been so devastating and so hard watching, you know, the struggle of suddenly going, what are, what are we going to do? How are we going right. to pivot in this, you know? Yeah. And it just makes me think, you know, sometimes it's a very large scale where where people collectively are having to face something of this magnitude together mm-hmm. and um that surrendering that that um the testimony of those who have had to surrender before is so encouraging, right? Yeah. And this yeah. is where the body of believers we can come together and encourage each other. Mm-hmm. Um to remember that God sees all the details of our situation. There's nothing that he doesn't see. There's nothing that he is not aware of and not in control of. And that is the great message here, is that the trading of control means that we get to experience the joy of being carried by our Father. That's good. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's ongoing. As we're talking about this, I, I just am reminded that we never get it right. We never graduate in this yeah. relationship. It's not until glorification, right? It's not until we see Jesus face to face that we truly get to be free of the burden of a lot of these things. 
but we still get to know the joy. So can you share with me a little bit about the joy that you've experienced in surrender, the way that the Lord has shown you himself in a beautiful way? Mm, I really, really love that question because I think often people are like, surrender like sounds horrible, but I love that you're <laughs> like, there's joy in it. There's mm-hmm. joy in following what God says because that's how we were hardwired. That's the way we thrive. Um, and so for me, I've sent so much joy in just being like the joy of just not being in control and how that looks to me just being like, okay, like I don't have to plan it because it actually overburdens and exhausts me and it leads me to striving. And so just being able to follow him because it's an unknown adventure really every day with the Lord, um, but the joy coming with God's eternal impact, because I was just thinking about this, when we plan our own lives, it's really, I mean, in comparison It's really mediocre, but when we get to surrender and we get to follow Jesus, we are invited into an eternal kingdom mission that we could never come up with on our own. And so even just things like joy in my my son, who honestly, if I had planned it, we wouldn't have gotten pregnant that early, but God had a different plan. And the joy of being a mom, I would never change it now. And then even just the joy of getting to do ministry, um, Again, my plan was to go to medical school and do all these things. And I I would have never, like, if you told me that, you know, I'd be here doing all these things, I just would have thought, like, you're crazy or no way, like, that wasn't the plan. But the joy of following Jesus is that it's a constant journey and that the more you surrender, the more you trust, the more you get to know his heart. And so Mm -hmm. the more you really just get to enjoy who he is. And there's always something to learn about him. Mm Mm-hmm. That's so true. And we get to see the fruit like in that trusting decision. I think that's what it comes down to is that we really, because our God is so loving and so kind, yeah, he gives us the choice to choose him again right. and again. Mm-hmm. It's always our choice. He will never force himself upon us. Yeah, He always says, come, here's the way, here's the joy, here's the peace. I'm offering it to you now choose it or don't and if we don't we there's always consequence there there's always pain that we experience but when we choose his way which is best there is so much satisfaction that we experience that we probably just never would have known otherwise that we could experience I'm sure that you've spent a lot of time thinking about this as you've written your book and what does it mean to be a mother and to display um freedom in Christ to your children through trusting Mm -hmm. him. You know, I love that you asked this because I've been thinking about it in the sense of motherhood now and how my son is watching me and my husband and he's watching how we live even now. And even if he doesn't fully understand the magnitude of it, he's seen how we live. And Mm -hmm. I've just been thinking like, I don't want to... Because I, I'm kind of a hustler, like, and I'm trying to work through that with the Lord, and that's also why I wrote this book. But I usually tend to run myself pretty ragged, and I, and I just go, 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 and I don't want to display that to him. I want to teach him the peaceful, free life that comes in Christ, and mm. I also just want to teach him through my testimony as well and my example that 
God just writes better stories and that we don't have to have it all figured out. In in the dedications of the book, I think I wrote like that just God writes better stories for us and that there's so much pressure I think nowadays too for us to have it all figured out and, you know, to have the five-year plan. And, you know, I, I don't want Hunter to feel pressured and future kids to be like, you need to have it figured out when you're in high school because mm. every day we just need to follow Jesus. And if that is all he does, I don't care if he – as a doctor or if he works at fast food or if whatever, I don't care what he does as long as he's just following God because he's worthy to be trusted and mm-hmm. that he doesn't have to overburden himself with planning everything down to the you know, to the last little bit. He just needs to follow Jesus. And so I think that's the biggest thing that I hope and pray for Hunter and, and my future kids. Yeah, it's a beautiful prayer. Hey, I've got a fun question for you before we say goodbye. Yeah, let's do it. If you had four hours all to yourself and somebody had already cleaned your whole house for you, (laughs) how would you spend that time? I love that you prefaced it with, and someone already cleaned my house. Because I have to. (laughs) Right? Well, because you know moms are like, well, I have this laundry list and all the things. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I was just telling my husband the other day that being a new mom, I think moms listening can relate no matter what season you're in. Like, I need to find my hobbies again. I need to find Mm. what I enjoy again. Um, But I probably would go on a walk. I would probably move, you know, exercise. I'd read a book because I miss reading. I miss like giving myself time to do that and take a nap. I probably would cook because I love to cook as a relaxing thing. I love to mm. make dinner, bake. Like I like to do that without really any any pressure. I mean, I don't mind doing it every day, but I think when I just have a new recipe or something fun to do without any pressure, it's just even more enjoyable. But mm-hmm. um, I think that's what I do. And I love that you asked that because I need to do that. <laughs> well, I love to cook too. So I need to ask you, what are some of your favorites? Ooh, so, you know, as far as like relaxing cooking, I love to bake bread. Like that's mm. my favorite thing. Um, I love to do a lot of artisan bread in my Dutch oven. Um, I don't have a bread maker. So I just do everything in my KitchenAid and then throw it in a Dutch oven, throw it in the oven. Um, and I have I use like just the rapid yeast so I don't have to wait like super long. Um, <laughs> but yeah, artisan bread is kind of my favorite soup. Um, any of that kind of stuff just as far as like relaxing cooking. That's not like mm-hmm. for anything, you know. Yeah. Oh, yum. Now I'm hungry. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is, it's been so, so nice to talk to you. I'm so excited to um, – Get a chance to to read your book in the future soon. Thank you. And um, congrats again on new motherhood. And I just, yeah, I just pray that God blesses you and your husband in this new phase of life and in this just journey of seeing a book go out into the world and see it bless others. I really pray that it does. Oh, well, thank and- you. Thank you so much, Linnell. You're a joy. I love getting to learn you know, from you. Like I have done lots of interviews, but it's a blessing for me to learn from those I talk to and those who have gone before me. So thank you for being such an encouragement and for sharing um, the Knowing Motherhood family with me today. Where can people um, connect with you just before we go? Yeah, before we go, um, you can can first of all grab a copy of my book, Surrender Your Story. Um, That's my passion project um, and probably the greatest resource and most comprehensive. You can buy that anywhere books are sold. Um, You can also connect with me on my podcast, uh, Truth Talks with Tara. Got that alliteration going on. Um, And then Mm -hmm. also on Instagram at Miss Tara Sun. I'd love to see you over there and connect. And if you're new moms, like I would love to learn from you. So like I'm learning 
learning as I go, but like teach me stuff about motherhood. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm so new to this. So yeah. Oh, so great. Thanks, Tara, so much. Do you need reminders of God's beautiful plan for your life? Tara had so many beautiful truths to share with us today, and I pray you feel encouraged and refreshed. Our Maker's ways are higher than our ways, and He is sovereign over every decision we make, even the ones that feel difficult or confusing. He leads us gently, and He promises us His strength as we navigate this life with Him. In Philippians chapter 4, I just love to read this to you. Um, We read that I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. I'd like to pray a blessing in closing today over each one of you as we move on to other things. Father, I ask in your kind and powerful name that the mother, sister, or friend listening today would be filled with your grace and your light, that they would know well that your plans for them are good and that you've mapped out those plans as long, way long, long before she took her first breath. Help us, Lord, to trust you, to do all that you say you will, and let us see with our own eyes the goodness of what you have planned. Let us be women, seeking only your best, to surrender our all, and to honor you wholly with our lives. In you alone do we find true freedom and rest. Thank you, Lord. All right, friends, I'm not sure when we'll be back again with you here or when I will be back here uh, with you again, but I look forward to it and I pray that the coming weeks will be a blessing to you. And I just ask again, as always, if this episode has been a blessing to you, that you would take a minute to leave a quick review or press that share button and share it with someone else. And that's how we get the word out about knowing motherhood. And it is just such a treat um, to see new listeners coming in every month. It is such a blessing to me, to my husband, um, as we produce this content and get these interviews and these episodes out to you. And um, yeah, that's all. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week and I will see you back here again soon.